0: Hello and welcome to the swim brief. I am Chris DeSantis, and today for this very special conversation about USA Swimming, I am joined by renowned financial auditor Joel Rawlings. Joel, how are you?
1: Yeah, it'd be it'd be hard pressed to find someone even less qualified to talk about finances, much less USA Swimming's finances.
0: But here we are.
1: Here we are. Here we are. This We're going pretend... to
0: <laughs> Yeah. For your free podcast, do you get two experts? No. You get two guys pretending to be forensics accountants combing over um, USA Swimming Financials and trying to extrapolate from there. But nonetheless, I thought it was important for us to have this conversation um, just because I think this is something for people to keep an eye on. Um, and I want to, I want to do a hat tip to USA Swimming, USA Swimming. Sorry, not USA Swimming. I want to do it. That was like all
1: yours. Go for it. Yeah.
0: Freudian slip, right? Um, uh, the Swim Swam, I want to give, I want to give a hat tip to Swim Swam, who has, uh, been covering some of these public releases, um, of finances that USA Swimming has to do. And, um, I guess if I could summarize what I have seen, and I, I I will say I come from this as an experience of of a person who's been looking specifically at the USA Swimming 990, which is a is a tax declaration form that they have to make um, on a yearly basis as a nonprofit, like any kind of nonprofit, um, you should be able to, with enough enough internet sleuthing, you should be able to find their um, IRS 990 form and uh so so i i probably you know have been looking at uh usa swimming 990s for 6 or 7 years now um and uh my summary of uh the latest stuff is this is looks really bad Joel <laughs> this looks really really bad um and the the we were about to record something last week and um well I guess the 990 hadn't come out. The 2022 990 had not been released yet. So I'm glad that we waited because just a couple of headlines, uh, from the 2022 990. And then I want to get your reaction to it. Um, USA Swimming's net assets plummeted from almost $40 million to $21 million. Okay. Um... The uh, total financial assets between USA Swimming and USA Swimming Foundation went from 50 million dollars to 33 million dollars. That's a 17 million dollar less. That's uh, so, uh, 17 million dollars less. Um, and with a to, with expenses totaling 49 million between USA Swimming and the USA Swimming Foundation, and a revenue of 29 million dollars, they lost more than $20 million in net assets over those two, sorry, over that year. Um, their net income revenue minus expenses, so how much uh, they, the difference between what they took in and what they spent for 2022 was $10 million. That is, they spent $10 million, um more dollars then they took in, and that was due to uh, actually a slight increase in uh, revenue, but their expenses skyrocketed and put them $10 million in the hole. So having listened to all that, what do you think, Joel?
1: So now you're saying is it, the, the primary source of the loss is, is expenses, not like as in, their stocks and things like that are, are worth less, but as in... No, no, like I mean, self- the,
0: the, the asset piece of it is, yeah, yeah. like, is stock losses. Like, that. you know, right. like, they... I don't know how many assets they have outside of, you know, like, investments and stuff. I'm sure, you know, the USA Swimming, like, office buildings in Colorado Springs are worth something, but they don't own a lot of, like, property or... um sort of other physical capital. Sure, um but so yes, yeah, so it was both kind of stock losses thinking. and yeah.
1: Yeah, so that's what I'm thinking again where it like w- when I went through the swim, swim thing right away I thought like it it just seemed like the the slant was crook. This guy's a crook. You know, but again it's like if it's if it's stock losses. And you say I mean, this
0: guy Tim Hinchy is is Correct. It, you know, I mean that guy? that's, okay. that's
1: and I think, like when, when you when you kind of read through things like this, just as like I said at the start, I, I I'm not you know I, I'm not in, in on the inside of any of this. And so as I right. look through, it, like geez, it kind of looks like again when you look at headlines, it's always like right wrong, good bad, black hat white hat. This guy did something really wrong, and and so that's what I would like to kind of know is is, is if you understand more about this would be the idea, again. It, is it, again, salaries have gone out of control where you're like, you kind of have to question, well, what all are they doing? You know, how, how many people do you really need to do this organization when you look at like, you know, United States soccer, United States gymnastics, United States, all these other, uh, even um, United States basketball. It's like a third to a half of the, the salary, you know, for, for for the president of the associations that than, than we have right now. I mean, again, it's not his fault for taking the, the the fat check, you know. Right. Man, you get paid, good on you. Uh, but again, when all of a sudden things go like this, then obviously people are going to look at that check as like, well, there's there's one quick and easy way we can get some money back. Um, but again, is it is it they've allowed a lot of salaries underneath to balloon? It, it like kind of like in comparison, is it stocks? Is it the COVID like slump as far as the the number of people coming in? But then you said the revenue is actually. Up in some regards.
0: Well, so um, I think I want to get into the Hinshi stuff later. I think there's there's one big explanation for the uh, that accounts for actually a majority of the change in expenses from one year to the next, and I have a pretty good theory about what this is. Do I know 100% what it is? You know, you can't you can't discern that from looking at a nine ninety. And I'm highly doubtful that I'm going to be able to find anybody um, that's going to confirm, you know, confirm that I'm right about this. But um, embedded in the article, and if you look in the 990, okay, um, in 2021, USA Swimming's legal expenses were $264,000, okay? (laughs)
1: Is that actually 2020?
0: down? <laughs> <laughs> I think that is down. I, I, I it, by my re- recollection, it's definitely been higher in previous years. It's it's, it's a it's a pretty low number um, for the so for those of you who are like, well, two hundred sixty four thousand dollars that sounds like a lot of money. Just sit down for one more second because twenty twenty two, their legal expenses were six point one million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're talking about basically almost a $6 million of that $10 million uh, difference, um, that $10 million loss that they absorbed, um, even though their revenue went up, went to legal expenses. And again, here's, uh, I think I've done all the caveating I can possibly do if that's, if I just invented a verb to caveat. Um, I've given all the caveats I can. My guess is USA swimming had to pay out a lot of settlements in 2022. They paid out some big fat settlements in some of the lawsuits that have been lodged against them. And, um, they have to disclose that, uh, at least in this form, but otherwise we haven't really heard, you know, specifically, um, you know, who's settling with USA swimming and what those settlement amounts. Are four, but my my inclination is that you know they've had a lot of legal action against them around abuse, sexual abuse, um, that has been winding its way through the courts, uh, progressing, and they got hit hard in 2022 um, in a lot of those settlements. So um, it ended up being a giant expense for them, and it's uh, and it's obviously having a big impact on their budget.
1: Yeah, and the, the shame with that again is it always seems like, you know, the organization is obviously going to be the one that takes the hit f- far more than the people that are that are at, at fault here, and right. um, yeah. So again, it's it's when I'm just looking at the numbers. Again, USA Gymnastics has had its share of scandals as well, and again, why does it seem like USA Swimming is in this predicament? Is it just that we're not, you know, no, no one's actually started opening other people's books or what's going on?
0: Well, I I don't know much about USA gymnastics, but I I think they have been like they they have gone to court and gotten really torn up. Um to the extent that uh that organization may have gone defunct or was going to go defunct or and I, and honestly looking at this again, I'm not an expert in accounting, but I think it's legitimate to to have this conversation because all of us should prepare for what it looks like if u s a swimming goes defunct because um, it you don 't need to be a forensic expert to say an organization with revenue of thirty seven million dollars that 's losing ten million dollars a year right is not going to have money to operate very soon <laughs> like right it, every kind of always hold on for the
1: Olympics to get get to get flush with money, but again that 's just yeah. a band aid yeah. that 's not fixing what 's going on down deep.
0: And the the final, let's pivot to Hinchey. And what I do want to say with regards to those, like my theory about the legal judgments is, you know, Mm -hmm. that a lot of that you probably could say it's not fair to pin on Hinchey because I would gather that, yes, he has been there. I think um, if you look at it, he came on in 2016, 2017, um, thereabouts. Um, I would gather that a lot of the stuff that USA swimming is, is, and has been getting sued for and has had to settle for occurred prior to right. Tim Hinchey taking over USA swimming. So that's a wonderful gift that Chuck Wilgus, um, handed off to his predecessor while everybody in Colorado Springs was, uh, worshiping him as, you know, um, the Winston Churchill of our times. Um, <laughs> it turns out maybe uh, he kicked that can down the road and now uh, USA Swimming is going to have to pay the price for his, you know, attempt to just sort of like pretend, you know, go la 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 with two fingers in his ear about um, the fact that there was sexual abuse going on um, in the sport of swimming. And so um, with regards to Hinchy, I mean, uh, of course... I'm not the first person to bring this up. Um, I would like to say uh, Swim Swam uh, has, has been covering Hinchy's salary. I have been commenting on these salaries uh, probably for, for longer than Swim Swam has existed. Um, you know, uh, Hinchy actually makes less than Wheelgus did, um, which means he makes significantly less. If you encounter inflation, you know, the fact that he's been there seven years, regardless, he's making a million dollars to be the CEO of an organization with revenue, you know, in the 30 to $40 million range. Um, and, uh, I know that Mike Unger is no longer there, but like sort of that second tier of, um, USA swimming, like C-suite people, a lot of them have salaries that are, you know, if I were to sort of give the range or total compensation, I should say, that is something that gets differentiated on these 990s. And, you know, like I get pushback from USA Swimming people saying, oh, you're quoting my total salary, but it's actually, that's my total compensation. Great. Awesome. You got $90,000 worth of health insurance or I don't know what, you know, <laughs> you got you must have gotten a bonus or something. Um, many people would love to have that. But those... Those things range somewhere like I think Unger was closer to six hundred thousand. Some people are more closer to like three hundred thousand. But there's a there's a there's a handful of people that are within that range. And so when you total that up, that's a really high percentage of the revenue that's um, going into an organization. And so just as a layperson, Joel, we've been joking all about the forensic accounting. Like, how does that sound to you?
1: Well, obviously, it sounds. When you're thinking of how many friends I have that that coach swimming that are making significantly less than, than those salaries, and those are the, again, it's it's kind of one of the one of the the the, the bases of USA Swimming is 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 like you've got to build the base, educate things like that. The building the base, the the unfortunate part of the people that I know they're making like a tenth of those salaries or or less even. Um, So obviously, like when I read those articles, things like that, you you get kind of upset. You think like mismanagement and things like that. But also, at some point, you have to be like, these these salaries are out there. It's it's been disclosed. It's it's one of those things where you you wonder why something hasn't been said earlier than this. Obviously, I mean, when you have that kind of expenditure, it's not like all of a sudden you know I I forgot my wallet at home. Where's that ten million dollars at? You know, this is something that's been going on for. It, again, for quite a while, and, and we've seen the cliff coming, and, and you wonder, again, what what is going on that's going to, um, again, kind of help the coaches get get through this point in time? Is it, is it like you said, is it going to become a defunct organization? Does AAU come back into it, or does it is it, like, just become, you know, you have to go through and, and become rebranded and retooled and... Again, that's the thing, but on the outside looking in, obviously, when there's that high of salaries out there, yeah, um, you, you start to think mismanagement. But again, along the way, you know, again, the, these, these salaries have been ballooning up for a while. There's there's a lot of people, you know, especially even the lay coach, got to be kind of so culpable because you have to go, where are, where is all the expenditure going from, from the clubs, the revenue, the dues, things like that that go to the top?
0: Yeah, and I, you know, not to turn this into, um, I mean, I think probably people who have been listening carefully for long enough probably have some inkling of the political leanings of Joel and I, so, you know, not to turn this into the social democracy uh, uh, advocacy hour, but, you know, I, I do, like, I think whenever you end up discussing something like, you know, CEO pay or like, you know, Elon Musk having $240 billion and is that really fair? And I, I, I see a lot of like sort of straw manning, um, in arguments around this, like, cause they go, people will go, well, like, okay, so Tim Hinchey only gets paid. Let's, or the CEO of USA swimming, let's say we, you know, downsize that salary to a year. That's only $700,000 a year. Like, you know, divide that among, you know, the people that you want to get paid a little bit more, like they're all going to get a check for $2 and 50 cents. What difference is that going to make? And I guess what I would say to that is, um, I think making these compensations, the right size, like it, it does have a, a different downstream effect. You know, like it's, it's, um, it's both Hinshey's, the CEO's salary at USA Swimming sets the tone for the salary that um, other executives are making in USA Swimming, um, which I think that there's a group that frankly is making too much. Um, But it also, I would say, if you look down in that organization, I would bet you like USA Swimming has a lot of employees, I bet you USA Swimming has some employees that aren't paid well enough. And that, and those are people that are probably much more likely to be like member interacting with you as a person that's involved in the sport of swimming. Like I can, just to tell like a random story. I mean, I, I remember like USA Swimming has some kind of deal with Enterprise where um, it was really nice, like corporate, deal that they had worked out. You rent a car from them and uh, you don't have to pay to uh, register multiple drivers, which is a cost that, you know, comes when you rent a car. So it's a great deal for, you know, like if you're going to make a team trip and, you know, you want to put multiple drivers on the same car and have different people driving back and forth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I went to go rent some 15 passenger vans from, the Enterprise and I, I, you know, told them about the USA Swimming deal, and they're like, "Well, what's the code?" I go, uh, "I don't know what the code is." USA Swimming said they had this deal. They said, "Well, you got to have a corporate code for that." So I scoured USA Swimming's god awful website, which we're on the second version of something they've paid millions of dollars for. We can have a whole another conversation about that. Found some document that had. Um, Had a code on it, came back, they're like, this isn't the right code, can't use this code. So I called somebody at USA Swimming, somebody in member services, somebody who was nominally responsible for dealing with stuff like this. No response, called them again, no response. Emailed, no response, called again. I mean, it took so long for me to just get a simple answer to something that USA Swimming was marketing to its members like, hey, this is a cool benefit that we've given you as a member of our organization, um, it took a lot of work to use. And I think I attribute that to um, not a great workplace culture. And I'm, and, and I'm, I mean, I know I'm extrapolating a lot here, but I could extrapolate that, you know, whoever's responsible for answering that question <laughs> at USA Swimming is potentially understaffed, overwhelmed, underpaid, while Tim Hinchey makes a million dollars to do what exactly? I don't know. Apparently lose a lot of money. So um, that's the sort of the core of what I get to with it.
1: That's a long, long time to get to that point. <laughs> <laughs> I think what we got to do is, is, again, is this something that's just like a natural kind of a thing where, where you know, sometimes companies are just going to become, like you said, in a sense too big where they're not able to help someone with a simple call like that, where, where it becomes like such a organization that's so large where where it's kind of spread itself too thin in, in some areas or something like that I, I, I my thought again is is again I don't know anything about the how it has been running before or up to this point other than little bits and pieces here and there My thought again is like where where are they going to go from here more than anything not I mean again you can we can question how we got to this point so that hopefully the next time around it it doesn't happen again but again is this going to become an organization where it it has to be just you know taken down to, to its bare frame again of like what are we doing what's the main thing cuz i honestly again like i was saying before the friends i know are the people that make a tenth of those salaries the the kids on those teams 90% of those kids have no idea anything about what's going on at the upper upper levels you know they're they're you know the 10 and under 11 12 kids they're just in their swimming right now and all they need is insurance and swim meets to go to those are the two things that, that we get covered with, and then so, and then again the, the very top layer, the Olympic level, which seems to be a lot of the time, and, and obviously it's it's more of like the eye candy of the thing where you're going to be drawn to. How are the Olympians doing? How is this going? And how are how's the medal count versus the how many eight and unders do we have in the water? Are they having a good time? Are they swimming? Are they coming back tomorrow? Are they coming back the next year? And and so that's that's the 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 part of, I've always kind of I guess why I've never really delve more into the 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 runnings of USA Swimming because when you're at that level, you know where I've always been, where it's, you're looking more like what what my team is. How do I make sure my team survives another day? Y- you don't really look at the big picture as much, and so when there's again things that have happened like this, it becomes exponential where, where it starts out in one direction where. You know the, the salaries are ballooning up and you don't really pay attention, and things like that because, again, you're looking at the day-to-day. My, my question would be, again, where, where is it going to go from here? Again, all those people that the, at the top, they, they've got pretty good salaries. I'm sure they've got pretty good parachutes in place. What happens, again, to the, the, the people that we know at the, at the bottom layer? Is it actually going to be affected in any way? Do we all just jump AAU? Or is it become USA Swing has to be restructured to a point where... Again, it goes down to the base frame and you have to re reevaluate what it's doing. You know, When we first started, it was about, you know, again, just providing the basic services. And then all of a sudden it becomes education. And then it's like pool building, business management, which is kind of ironic how they send people off for business management and, and now this is where USA Surveys gets. So like, It's like reading a self-help book. It's like, well, you're a train wreck. How are you going to help yourself? The same thing yeah. here is like at the top – if it's a train wreck that doesn't know how to run a business, how is it telling us how to run the business, other than, you know, get more kids? Um, and so that—that's the thing. It's like, where, where's it going to go from here? Is—is is this going to actually affect anyone at the bottom layer?
0: Well, so I want to address the AAU thing because you've brought that up a couple times, and um, you've gone—you've just sort of floated it as an idea. So let me pop that balloon. I don't right. think that it, I don't think that AAU is uh, the place to go next. Um, that's something that I've been hearing about for a number of years. I think the original context I heard it w- about it with was especially I think in the context of somebody. I think it was probably Doug Fonder um, who who founded ISCA, the, the International Swim Coaches Association. <laughs> and um if you know doug doug's uh, a bit of a cowboy um always you know he, he, he or he organized a meet i think just now uh around the u.s open for you know teams that you know had wanted to bring swimmers to that area but they you know couldn't get them into u.s open and they could come swim at um liberty or i can't remember exactly what the other area was that you know that they could come do this meet he's always looking for an opportunity to to host a host a big meet. But I think one of the things um, he's always talked about is that it's uh, you pay a lot of money to USA Swimming to right. host a big meet. And um, AAU will allow you to host a meet significantly cheaper. Like I want to say the difference between the two when I heard somebody quote it to me was something like $15,000 to USA Swimming versus like $100 to AAU, right? So it's an astronomical difference in terms of um meat hosting but as far as i have seen the movement to aau thus far i think it's been from opt- opportunistic um coach owned uh teams that are looking at it as a cash cow for them um you know as a way to just pocket the difference between Um, you know, uh, hosting a meet and paying USA Swimming versus hosting a meet and paying AAU. Um, And so, like, you know, anybody want to sell you on, like, USA Swimming is corrupt and we should go to AAU, realize that the reason why AAU's uh, fees are so small is that there's essentially no organization or almost no organization at AAU um, and that's certainly like, I, I know I'm, I know I'm, I'm sounding very strange cause I'm like being like, this is a overgrown corrupt, you know, organization in USA swimming. And I've been saying that for a long time, but I don't think that the alternative is, is better. Um, and I think also, you know, like in a, in a changeover to AAU, we'd have a complete wild west in terms of safe sport in terms of, right. like, boundaries around any number of things. I mean, we basically have to start from scratch, almost, um, in terms of of getting some stuff in place. And in the meantime, there'd be a lot of chaos and a lot of vulnerability. And so um, that's, that's to me, I, I, I don't think that's a good direction to go. So in.
1: the future is more like a restructuring of, of what's in place now, of USA Swimming having to kind of go back down to the basis of you know what is it there to provide? Whereas, in, in reanalyzing where all the money is going to again, the, the investments in general. I mean, I've, I've looked at my own retirement account. I mean, it, it's going out dr- drastically. You know, right. and, and so it's like um, there, there's a lot of things obviously in play that kind of create this storm that, that they're in. With obviously the the lawsuits I'm sure being settled, the the, the you know downturn in the market. Um, a lot of things going on, but it becomes one of those things where you look at those businesses that, that were able to weather COVID, they were able to pivot and kind of reorganize and figure out what they actually are to, to survive into the next part of it, rather than like, well, we'll just keep doing things the old way and hope that, you know, once COVID comes back, everyone will come back again. So I, I look at this as the same thing. We've got, you know, the COVID numbers in a sense that you're going to deal with for, for a little bit. You've got, you're waiting for the Olympic bump to come in. But again is, is that basically just going to like you said before kick this can down the road another three years you know then all of a sudden we're, we're right back to this point again and and so that's where I wonder it, are they going to be able to pivot and create something again that's going to be more uh, in step with what I think people need right now versus what people needed in the 80s because I, I don't know too much you know other than the, the basic structures kind of going on with with all the auxiliary things, shouldn't we kind of go back to the idea of like let's get to the very very base of what this organization is about
0: well yeah so i want to talk about because in one of these uh news articles they actually talk i mean i think some of what you're discussing goes to the heart of the reason why you would have a board and why you would have a governance structure around a non-profit um and there's two factors in play here from all accounts there is you know um there is uh the the veil of secrecy has been fully pulled around the board nobody on the board is talking at all um about what's going on internally so there's we're not getting any transparency about you know like what might happen what we did get was you know the ways in which the board are evaluating hinshi and I don't know about you. I sent you this document and it was in the same one where um, they were talking about, you know, CEO pay and comparing him to some other nonprofits, which I think is is valid. I think it's uh, interesting to uh, look at. But I just want to read off some of these, you know, ways in which Hinchy is in, uh, evaluated And then, like, let's talk about what's actually in there. And then, what if anything stands out to you as not being in there? So, um, first thing he's evaluated on. Promoting safe sport. uh, Communicating safe sport to USA membership. I'm I'm paraphrasing some of these. Um, Increase utilization of safe sport education by parents and athletes. Uh, Increase utilization of... Non mandatory safe sport education by coaches. Uh, 50% of eligible clubs uh, achieving safe sport recognition. Maintain average resolution time to complaints of six weeks or less. Okay, developing athletes. That was all safe sport. Second one developing athletes. Annual growth in ratings across athlete specific events offerings. For example, 22. 2022. Maintain an average Qualtrics rating greater than 5 for athlete camps. Honestly, I have no idea what that means. Supporting coaches. Establish a baseline satisfaction rating across in-person coach-specific event offerings. I guess these are some kind of like metric they're using, like surveys afterwards. Launch coach education certification. Um, Supporting clubs. Update. The following club's resources, club recognition program, online new application, 2023-24 year-to-year growth in participation, and evaluative ratings. Uh, established prototype program. Establish baseline USA Swimming member clubs. Local pro- provider network. Um, all right, I'm going to take a break because it's, it's going to take me forever to get through this list. But if I go through it, and you've gone through it, What's in there and what's not?
1: Well, you've got, again, the the idea of building the base, and then you you have to wonder, are those
0: metrics actually going to, you know... I don't see building the base in here as a metric. Yeah,
1: the idea, I think, with building the base was the idea that they're giving more towards clubs as far as uh, how to do that. It's, at least that's the way I got out of that last part of it, um, was, again, you're looking at... You know, if you, if you can increase the clubs, and so it goes to the idea, what is better? Like in the 80s, it was like mom and pop kind of clubs. Every town had a club, and then in the 90s, it was kind of the same thing, that started dying out. And then around 2000, they're like, you know, the the big club is where to go. The mega club is where to go because i can support the coach, that that's going to have the the most knowledge. And so they started to kind of create that. And so that's why I, I took out of that last part was the idea that they're trying to, you know, make sure that they're they're getting again, like promotional things, things like that. Again, it would be interesting you know, to delve into far more what they're actually trying to provide for those clubs. That, at least that's why I got the last part of that. The, the first part was all the, the legal part of Safe Sport. And so it's it's amazing, again, where the structure of an organization, you know, 25% of it is just, just make sure we don't do anything really, really stupid. You know, and, um, and then, again, you're like...
0: Because so that's, that's what school. will really mess up our million-dollar... CEO right. salary is or, if we or, don't or, have an organization because we get sued into oblivion, or right? Bring like, so you know, that.
1: ESPN and Sports Illustrated onto campus for some reason, right? Yeah, and and then the other part again, the, the the metrics as far as like you know the the quality of the meats and things like that. Again, it um, I I don't know again when it, when it becomes so much of it. I, I always just think I I think why I always kind of reference AAU is I just know in Wisconsin that's kind of where it it, it evolved from was from AAU into USA Swimming, the idea w- we're here heroes... Well, a-
0: AAU was the predecessor of all these a- NGBs. It used to just be like AAU was right. if you wanted to play and, sports and, and growing
1: so, yeah, up, there, that's what it was. And there hasn't been a ton of turnover in coaches in Wisconsin, so the idea was like, again, the coaches were the ones that would just... We're going to do it. Kind of like you said, that, that cowboy style of let's just make the meat, let's just do this and not really rely on a much higher up kind of a thing. And, and so... Uh, I, I guess I always kind of reference back to that as the idea, the the model of again kind of the the independent contractor being more you know in tune with what they need, and then what we always needed from USA Swimming was again having a stepping stone to to move these kids forward. We always looked at like the meets, like juniors, seniors, USA, you know, so, things like that, is progressing, helping to progress athletes, giving them kind of the carrot to to move forward on, and, and so again all this other stuff that comes into it. It's stuff obviously that's necessary, but again, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I always look at it like, like you put on your resume, I'm an advocate for something. It's like, well, what does that mean? I'm, I'm all for it. You know, again, like the, the <laughs> first, first few metrics there were kind of things like, you know, promote this, like promote. Well, we put out five commercials and we included flyers check right. that box you know again a lot of it seems we like sent a easy. mass
0: email therefore it's been communicated you know yeah <laughs> and
1: again that's maybe just you get old and cynical but i just kind of look at the first you know 90 percent of the things you said are just more like ticking boxes you know like yeah like again uh coaches satisfaction so the end of the meet those surveys people have filled those out five out of five so is it was that is that all we're looking for kind of getting ticking boxes of well this was accomplished this was accomplished this was accomplished Versus again, where it seems like there's a lot of things on fire right now <laughs> and yeah. they're not really addressing how to put these things out.
0: Well, I mean, I, I think as we're going to start moving towards the end of this, I, I just sort of want to uh, move towards what I think really my central thesis about and my, my analysis of what USA Swimming is. I think that it is an organization where the true overriding mission is to sustain the overpayment of a handful of people who don't really do anything, almost anything that's important, right? Um,
1: <laughs> right well, I think we, that's the important part there is, is yeah. anything that's important because again, when, when you say they don't do anything, I'm sure they're working 60, 70 hours a week. You know, I'm sure they're, they're working, working really a lot hard. Of time and I'm, but, I'm just this working at a university where I, I see lots of paper being moved from one end to the other and therefore they, they're working very lots hard. But without lots a lot of emails.
0: Of, yeah. Lots of emails are being answered, lots of meetings are being held, you right. know, to plan other meetings and to discuss the agenda for a future meeting. But I and I and I think the true mission Of USA Swimming from its founding, if you just, again, uh, I'm a nerd enough to go back to the Ted Stevens Amateur Sports Act. I mean, the point of these NGBs, national governing bodies, were we were scared of the Soviets having a centralized sports system that could potentially, you know, we saw some advantages to that. And we said, we need to give some governmental backing. To our sports, we need some put some bureaucracy around these things so that we can beat them. We can beat the big red menace in the Olympics, right? And so the point of these organizations is to win medals. And USA Swimming, traditionally, by that metric, has been the greatest national governing body ever conceived. I mean, it, it like we have delivered on the medal front from the very inception of USA swimming as an organization. And um, I think what happened in the Wilgus era is it went from a relatively small organization to an organization where he was actually really able to monetize a lot of things that hadn't been monetized swimming before large scale national meets, Olympic trials. Um, he was able to draw in sponsorships and stuff. And that led to a real increase. I mean, um, if I could get my hands on the 990s all the way back to the beginning of the Wilgus era, I think you would see explosive growth in terms of like executive pay and the sort of C-suite pay um, up there at USA swimming on the backs of that monetization. But the thing is, I don't think that monetization has anything to do with whether or not American swimming does well at the Olympics. These these are not people who are actually influencing in any way whether or not we do well at the Olympics. And now, now I'm going to really get on my freaking soapbox. Now they're actually hurting us. and I I am very worried. I'm telling people, um, you know, I have a usual pre-Olympics panic, but I was watching the U.S. Open this past week, and this is this is my tangent related to the US Open. US Open was slow. And I am worried. Um that the reign of Olympic dominance that the US has been on, Paris could be the end of it. And I think when we when we do our post mortem, which will probably be led by a bunch of executives that don't know anything about how we got to be the most dominant, uh team in the first place, what they won't think about is the fact that the actions of USA Swimming over the last few years has made it much harder for, as you talk about, mom and pop clubs to exist, a diversity of clubs to exist, people in different areas trying different things, um, providing different kinds of environments for athletes a very decentralized approach that gets a lot of kids involved in the sport of swimming and gives a lot of kids the opportunity to get up to that level. And then, voila, (laughs) we have the best swim team in the world. Um, And so my hope is if there's ever a restructuring, if we could get back to a focus on that and somebody is smart enough to realize that that is what has made us great, this whole time, then ultimately this will be a good thing. But I'm, but I'm, but I'm also feeling quite cynical about the likelihood of that happening.
1: You know, I, I kind of, um, one thing I, I never really watched much of it is like the winter Olympics. Cause it, like we like the bobsled, the greatest bobsled team in the United States. Like, so that means the greatest bobsledders in either Lake Placid area or over in Utah, you know, because right. there, how many, how many bobsled runs are there around here? Really? And so,
0: that's why I say Or like, when you see Herschel Walker just go like, you know what? I could be an Olympic bobsledder. And they're yeah. like, yeah, you're pretty big and athletic, and you can push a sled. Like right. you're on.
1: And so that, that's why I never really you know followed it that much. Or like skating again, it's not like wow, everyone in the world, this is the best figure. It's like everyone that figure skates, this is the best figure here. And right. I kind of think again, my cynical nature is, is the idea that. That's where swimming's kind of turning towards. As we've, we've made these bigger clubs where it becomes, you know, you've got one mega club. The people that are on the outside of that mega club, you know, are basically, how are they going to get into that? How are they actually going to become, become a part of that? And, and so it's becoming more and more kind of like the bobsled run where if you're not within a certain driving range, you're not going to take your child into this. So again, it's like... I, I think that those smaller clubs really had a, a you know, a huge part in, in the development of USA Swimming. Sure, there's there's something that you can point to that they weren't great, but again, it's like the idea of, of bringing in as many people as you can versus again making the biggest club you can, which has a lot of people on it. You know, and, and someone obviously will rise to the top. But the idea again is like that if you don't have the money to, like, this is where I'm taking from what you were saying is like. Again, good, good for them for, for monetizing things, making money, getting recognition, making it you know a sport that's recognized and, and seen. But again, when all of a sudden the, the, the bills start coming up like they are now, when, when it starts meaning that the, the smallest areas are the ones that are going to be kind of hurting first, uh, that's what would worry me more than anything. Again, I'm, I'm way out of my depth as far as talking about a lot of this. I'm just trying to understand like... What what will be going on? What's going to be the steps moving forward? And what's going to be the steps to make sure that this isn't, you know, something that just keeps on going we keep on hiding behind that Olympic bubble that we always get?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I, I guess my, here's my final question to you. This is a scenario I want to push to you and and I'll push it to any of the listeners. So, you know, let's say, and we have still, despite possibly declining membership levels, we have more people swimming than this in the United States, but let's just say you know, we had 100,000 competitive swimmers in the United States, total, right? And I said to you, Joel, you know, um, these swimmers can go anywhere. You can, like, design a system from the top down that is going to ensure, you know, the greatest competitive success. Would you build 100,000-person clubs or would you build... Five hundred, two hundred person clubs.
1: Obviously, the latter, yes.
0: Obviously, the latter, but why? But right now, USA Swimming, like, and I, and I would say there is a there is a low level where it gets too low, and it's actually really interesting that um, one of the random times I actually spoke to Joel Schinefeld, and who knows if he will ever speak again, especially if somebody plays him this podcast and he hears me saying that his salary was maybe too much, but you know, there's always hope. Um, but the last time I spoke to him, he actually gave me some insight into some USA swimming figures with regards to uh, club size. And you know what the median, I'm, I'm going to forget the exact number, but I'll, I'll get it close enough. The median club size in the United States, um, for swimming was, was under a hundred. I think it was like 85 or 90 swimmers. And so what does that tell me? Because I've seen a lot of clubs that are bigger than that. That means also there's a lot of swim clubs in the United States that are tiny by by anyone's estimation that you just have never heard of. There are 20 to 30 or 40-person swim clubs in the United States. There's a ton of them. And I think having coached at a, a, a small a small bigger than US average number of competitive swimmers team in Denmark there is some limitation at smaller sizes too especially when you get kids to older ages and the groups get smaller and it's like maybe i don't like the four other people my age that i could have to train to so i i think that um you know this 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 push and especially with some of the stuff with with club excellence this push towards you know, the mega club um, that I don't think USA Swimming is doing anything to uh, reform whatsoever, it's, it's choking <laughs> our development. Um, it's really, really hindering our development. And if we thought like a, a little bit more common sense about the scenario I just posed, um, then I think we'd be in a much better place. Any any last things to say, Joel?
1: No, I think, again, it's, it's like you said, with the bigger clubs getting so big, sometimes it takes the coaches out of what they do best and puts them in the CEO thing. Um, yeah. And, and, and all of a sudden, you know, maybe that's where you say something's gotten to, where it becomes so big where it's kind of forgetting what it's good at.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, Joel, thank you for being here. Um, Shout out to Tufts Jumbos. I've been wearing my Tufts shirt this whole time. I'm going to be on campus at Tufts University uh, next week and excited to see everybody again and talk. If you want to send a message to the podcast, you want to hear um, your question answered, email us at swimbriefpodcast.gmail.com. You can direct message me Chris D underscore coach on Instagram, CD swim coach on Facebook. um, Or just come up to me when you see me (laughs) and talk to me. I'm not, I'm not that famous. So uh, it's still really cool when somebody introduces themselves to me randomly, which happened a couple of times when I was at the big Al invite this past weekend, it was a pleasure to meet people. So I'm always excited to meet a listener of the swim brief and um, don't walk up to Joel though. Joel, uh, famously does not like I'm meeting skittish. strangers. Yeah. yeah. He's skittish around strangers. So awesome. so give him an easy time. Um, uh, but, but thank you, Joel. Thanks. And thank you to everybody else. We'll see you soon.